Welcome to Role-Playing History, the podcast where we explore the history of role-playing games. I'm Wayne Davis, and I'll be your guide for today's tour. Episode 135, Books on the History of Tabletop Role-Playing Games. Before we get into this week's topic, I've got a piece of business from 2023 that I wanted to get cleaned up so we could start 2024 with a clean slate, And that goes back to episode 131 that dropped back in early December that covered movies and TV shows based on role-playing games. When it ran on YouTube the following week, I got a note from at CamiBaby01 who mentioned that they were surprised that I'd never known about Kindred the Embraced, which was an eight-part miniseries directly based on Vampire the Masquerade that ran in 1996. I rather cheekily noted that I lived a sheltered childhood, and while I was 23 years old in 96, I hadn't been introduced to the world of vampire yet, so it hadn't been on my radar. So thanks for pointing it out to me, and I can't believe it didn't pop up on my research. Oh, and thanks for the note on my pronunciation mistake as well. I do tend to butcher my pronunciations on this show, and I do appreciate it when people let me know when I mess up. It does help me for future episodes. And keep the comments coming. It lets me know what you're interested in, so I know what to put on the boards for future episodes. One more piece of 2023 business I wanted to address really quick, and it ties into last week's episode. I got a couple of notes from listeners who wanted to know why I didn't address the layoffs from Hasbro in the show especially considering the number of Wizards of the Coast employees that were let go and all the info we got about profit margins and such over the past couple of weeks. All right, originally I did write up and record the episode with that piece of business in it, but when I edited the show it came off as preachy, angry, and exceptionally bitchy, and I didn't want the show to end on that tone, so I cut it out of the script, shifted a couple of pieces around, and I re-recorded The final product came in a bit shorter, but I was happier with the result. At various points over the course of the week, I considered releasing the script on the website or the socials or even recording it as an audio piece for the socials or YouTube, but again, I felt like it came off as angry or bitchy, and I didn't feel that it brought anything to the table that would lead to a workable solution to the issue. Now... Don't get me wrong, I have nothing but sympathy for all of the creative people at Wizards of the Coast who lost their jobs during the holiday season when their division of the company brought in record grosses. And that most assuredly pisses me off on levels I can't begin to get into. But if I can't put my feelings into words that can bring some sort of a constructive dialogue to the table... I feel like it's better off to just keep my mouth shut and instead move along and let those who are better versed in that area of the business speak. So I chose for once to stay out of the fight. Besides, I'd already busted Hasbro's balls enough in that episode, so why bust them twice, right? Also, before we get into this week's topic, you may have noticed we got ourselves some new theme music for the show. I'll get into the credits for that in the show closing, but I thought that after two plus years of the program, we ought to freshen things up a bit. And for those who are sick and tired of the lousy YouTube background I put together a while back, you will be happy to know I used some of the downtime I built in for myself over the holidays to work up a new one of those as well. So you can check that out since it'll debut with this episode next week. All right, so I think I've spent enough time on stuff that is not today's topic. 
I think it's time to crank up the tour bus and get the first tour of 2024 rolling along. Over the past 50 years, there have been almost as many books written about role-playing games as there have been actual role-playing game books written. And when you take a closer look at the books themselves, they range from covering the history of the industry to the history of the various genres and subgenres to the impact the industry has had. There are even books that discuss the impact of role-playing games on the people who play them. Believe me, through my research for today's episodes, I dug deep into the rabbit hole of the internet and found a ton of titles to read. And while I'm barely making a dent in them, the titles we are going to cover cover a wide variety of subjects. And yes, a lot of them either directly or indirectly focus on Dungeons & Dragons, but that shouldn't be overly surprising considering D&D's overwhelming presence in the marketplace for over the past 50 years. But that being said, not every book on this week's tour is a D&D focused book. So let's get our library cards out and start pulling books. The first thing I wanted to clear up is that the majority of you will notice that I am not including the four book series from Shannon Applecline called Designers and Dragons. There are two primary reasons for this. The first is that I'm planning on doing an entire episode on both him and this series later on this year. And the second is that the majority of writers who cover the industry agree that while he does do a good job on research into the history of tabletop role-playing games, some of his conclusions are, well, let's just say they can be suspected best. And while I understand that's a pretty strong indictment of someone I frequently use as a source of quotes for this show, I also frequently find myself between the proverbial rock and a hard place, so while I do try to vet his statements where I can, I also realize I am occasionally taking a leap of faith. And when we do the episode on him and his works, we'll dive deeper into all that I am laying out here. Let's not worry about what's not going to be in this week's show, and instead get into what is in the show, and we'll get into the first book, The Evolution of Fantasy Role-Playing Games. Written by Michael J. Tresca and released by McFarlane and Company on November 30th, 2010, it checks in at a very healthy 238 pages. This book covers the evolution of the hobby from the beginning, much like this podcast has, in tabletop wargaming, and follows it all the way through to the live-action and massive multiplayer online games that take place today. But it doesn't stop there. Tresca dives deeper than that. He takes a look at the various archetypes and concepts that have formed within the genre itself, as well as the roles and functions that the players have developed. He's also done some digging into how The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings shaped fantasy gaming, especially in the fanatical attention to detail that so many of us have when it comes to world building. All right, I mean the fanatical attention to detail that some of you have. Mine sucks, but yours probably doesn't. Tresca also looks into the fellowships that have formed over time by play-by-post and browser-based games, which he finds rather intriguing since both are, for all intents and purposes, solo games. He also examines the origins of gamebooks and interactive fiction, and he also takes a look at the evolution of online gaming in all of its various roles, including the technological advancements over the years. The evolution of fantasy role-playing games comes highly recommended from multiple reviewers online, and I'd like to share a couple of reviews I read online, especially since I didn't get a chance to read the entire book. 
Examiner Magazine said, quote, It chronicles the vast history of RPGs from Dungeons & Dragons to World of Warcraft. A great book to learn how and why certain RPG game mechanics came about. Surprisingly, it is one of the few of its kind. Incredibly informative, interesting to read, does an excellent job chronicling early forms of role-playing games and explaining the effects they had on the development of later games. A must-read, end quote. Games in Education said, quote, It's a grand history of role-playing in its many forms. His love of games and imagination rings clearly throughout. He brings a thoughtful theoretical background based on his own wide experience in gaming and his graduate work examining the behavior of online gamers. Highly recommended, end quote. Now, I said I didn't get to read the whole book, and in fact only got about 70 pages in, but I can tell you that I completely agree with both of the reviews. It's well-written, well-researched, and you can tell from Tresca's approach that he is passionate about what he's writing about. If you're a fan of tabletop role-playing games, and if you're listening to this podcast, we know you definitely are, then this book is a must-read. It's still in print, so check out your local bookstore if you are interested. Next up on our reading list is Of Dice and Men, the story of Dungeons and Dragons and the people who play it. Written by David M. Ewalt and published by Scribner on August 20th, 2013, it checks in at 276 pages. Ewalt's goal with Of Dice and Men is to cover the history of D&D from its creation to the modern day, or at least the modern day as of 2013. And while he does mention the concepts of LARP in his text, he also discusses in detail his attempt to sway LARPers away from that form of gaming back to the tabletop through D&D. He also switches his writing style back and forth from the historical perspective to his personal narrative of his own game that he runs on a weekly basis. Most of this is also interspersed with his experiences with the Otherworld Gaming Festival in Connecticut every fall. Now, I'm not going to get into all of the details of this, but I will say this. I couldn't read this whole book. I tried. I really did. But with the stack of books I had for this week's show, all right, it wasn't an actual stack of books because I read ebooks, but you get the point. I had to move on to the next book. I couldn't keep focus. It did average a 3.7 out of 5 on a majority of review sites, and it's still in print. So if you're interested in giving it a shot, head over to your local bookstore and pick it up. Next up on the list is Slaying the Dragon, A Secret History of Dungeons and Dragons by Ben Riggs. St. Martin's Press handled the publishing and it originally dropped on July 19th, 2022. Now, the books we've covered to this point have pretty much been your basic run-of-the-mill history books that have covered history in the rote style we all know and love from high school and freshman level college courses or University for our European listeners out there, I didn't forget you. Slaying the Dragon doesn't quite go there. I mean, Riggs does cover the history, and he covers it well. He dives deeper and further into the origins of the creation of Dungeons & Dragons than pretty much anybody I've ever read before, and has greater detail than anybody I've ever seen who isn't either a family member or wasn't a member of the game group. So that should tell you how much research he was able to do. And he is meticulous in his organization. But what really makes this book different than the usual ass-kissing history book you'd expect is that he gets into the behaviors and decisions that eventually brought TSR down. And in my opinion, that's where the book gets really interesting. 
Through a combination of extensive interviews and a ton of documents he got his hands on, including some that are supposed to have been secret TSR documents back in the day, he was able to track the various decisions that ultimately led to the downfall of the company that brought D&D to the marketplace, made it the industry leader, and ultimately went out of business. He also gets into the relationship between Gary Gygax and Dave Arneson a bit, and while I'd have loved to see more of that covered, I can certainly understand why there wasn't more time spent on it, since he needed that time to get into the poor business decisions made over the years, of which there were far more than I'd thought there'd been, and I knew there'd been quite a few. If it seems like I liked this book, I really did. This is one I'm going to have to read at least one or two more times because I'm pretty sure I missed a couple of things on the first read through and that's because I was in a hurry to get through as many of the books on the list for this show as possible, so I was speed reading. So again, I'm going to want to go back through and read it at a leisurely pace. I'm giving it five out of five stars and I am strongly recommending it. But why take my word for it? Let's get some thoughts from the critics. D&D super fan and actor Joe Maganello weighed in on the book. Quote, Ben Riggs manages to walk the fine line between historical accuracy and fun about as well as anyone and slaying the dragon is equal parts historical accuracy and entertainment. It was an essential read for me while directing and producing the official D&D documentary, but I'd recommend it to anyone regardless of the subject material. It's a wild and fun ride through the turbulent history of one of the most influential brands in our lifetime, end quote. The Washington Post calls it, quote, a compelling adventure in itself, end quote. Mike Mason said, quote, herein are the secrets and myths, the highs and lows, and hidden world of the magical realm of TSR and its creation, Dungeons and Dragons, an indispensable account about the legends and truth from the people that worked there. Highly recommended, end quote. Slaying the Dragon is available at your local bookstore, so drop in and pick it up if you're interested. Now, I know I mentioned it up top, but I really think I need to mention it again. I know a lot of you, again, are wondering why there are so many books with a D&D theme in them this week. Again, we are talking about history as it pertains to tabletop role-playing games. D&D is the first tabletop role-playing game. Again, if you're writing a book that discusses the history of tabletop role-playing games, it's going to have to talk about D&D, at least to a point. It is the biggest selling game in the genre. If you're going to do it, you got to talk about D&D. It's going to help sell the book. I mean, brand recognition. Duh. Now, I am open to suggestions if I missed a book that you know of, okay? Send it to me. It's a deep hole, the internet. So, send me your titles. I'm always about doing another episode. I mean, how many episodes have I done on D&D modules? I digress. Let's get back to our list for the week. Next up, The Elusive Shift, How Role-Playing Games Forged Their Identity. Written by John Peterson, it was published by the MIT Press on March 29th, 2022. It checks in at a beefy 336 pages, and it does something different than the books we've covered to this point have done. It examines what the early tabletop role players had to do when Dungeons & Dragons was first released back in the mid-1970s. I mean, let's think about this for a moment. Prior to the release of D&D in 1974, the big thing was miniature wargaming. Now, we've covered that twice on this podcast, and I've noted how widespread that was around the U.S. and around the world. Conventions were held and huge tournaments were conducted. 
play-by-mail games were run so that folks could have their games even when they didn't have the ability to get a group together in their local area. So when D&D came out in 74, there was this new type of game out there and things began to change. I mean, now what? Sure, there was a use for miniatures still, but you had this character sheet thingy and the dice were different and you had to make different sorts of choices. The rules of the game were different, so the way the players had to act were different. That's what Peterson dives into in his book, and it's part history, part collection of essays from early players of the game, part philosophical discussion. It's really a discussion in how an entire genre was created from the ground up. It's also a fascinating read for those who are interested in this sort of thing. And I'd add an interesting read for those who are interested in seeing what our hobby looked like at the very beginning. Now, I'm going to warn you, there are moments where it can come off as a bit dry, but I got to admit, overall, I loved it. Again, though, let's get some other thoughts in here. Peter Atkinson, the former owner of Wizards of the Coast, had this to say, quote, He lays bare what happened as geek intellectuals wrestled to understand this dynamic new form of gaming let loose from its lair. A deep and fascinating look at the exciting, formative years of a new category of games searching for a way to define itself, end quote. D. Vincent Baker, co-creator of Apocalypse World, said, quote, the philosophical conundrums at the heart of role-playing in the 1970s that Peterson lays out in this book are still with us, still challenging us to meet them with fresh insights and new perspectives. An eye-opening and inspiring book, end quote. Our next title comes from Ian Livingstone and Steve Jackson. Dicemen, the origin story of Games Workshop, was published by Unbound on February 28th, 2023, and as the title suggests, covers the history of Games Workshop from the perspective of its illustrious co-founders. If you live in the UK, Games Workshop is pretty much like Starbucks. Well, all right, maybe not quite that bad, but you can pretty much bet damn near every city and town has at least one, if not more. They've been around since 1975, and while their claim to fame is Warhammer, they are so much more than that. And the so much more than that is what makes this book worth every penny you'll spend to buy it since Livingstone and Jackson get into their story as well. And there is a lot about the two of them I didn't know before. And I sure as hell wish I'd known before I'd ever covered them for this podcast. Guess that means it's time for a redo. Look, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but I am going to recommend the book. I will warn you, it goes deep on the subject matter, but it is well worth the ride. I'll also say this, if you're in the U.S., it's going to probably be hard to find at a local bookshop, so that's going to be an instance where you're going to have to make an online purchase, though I would try your local bookshop first. For our U.K. and European listeners, I'll lay an even money bet you'll have no problems finding it at a brick-and-mortar bookstore, so if you're interested, drop in and check it out. I was going to put a review in here, but the damn thing was like 15 paragraphs long. Let me just say this. Dude loved it, recommended it, and wouldn't shut up about it. So buy it. Enough said. I told you I had a big stack of books this week, so let me dive back into it. Next up is Game Wizards, the epic battle for Dungeons & Dragons. Written by John Peterson, it was released by the MIT Press on October 21st, 2021. 
This is one of the largest books we're covering today by far, checking in at 408 pages. There's a reason for this. Peterson is a major history buff, especially when it comes to Dungeons and Dragons. He's also what we'd call a librarian in that if it's been printed and published for D&D, he probably owns it in every printing that's ever come out. And if he doesn't, he's got a line on getting it. Every source I've seen out there writing on D&D says the same thing. John Peterson is the geek's geek. And what he does with Game Wizards is take the first 15 or so years of the game and meticulously works through it to break down the details from Gygax and Arneson's first meetings, the release of D&D in 1974, the satanic panics of the 1980s, TSR's poor decision-making and reckless expansions, and Gygax's loss of control over TSR. He covers details you thought you knew in ways you'll find out you didn't know and take things you did know and explain the context nobody ever told you. Game Wizards isn't Peterson's first rodeo in this arena and he's always getting kudos when he does it. And this time is no different. We'll hit Joe Maganello up first. Quote, John is the great gaming librarian. He's always my first call when I'm researching anything relating the history of tabletop gaming. If he doesn't know, most likely no one else does, and this book is no exception. With it, John sets straight the canon of the tragic history of how Dungeons and & Dragons and TSR were ripped from the very grasp of the man who dreamed them up, end quote. Wired puts it plainly, quote, The battle over Dungeons & Dragons was the ultimate geek war, end quote. ZDNet calls Game Wizards, quote, a lively and readable history of the game, its first owners, and their fumbling attempts to run a business, end quote. All right, so I really decided to shift gears for the next book on the list. And I have to admit, I didn't actually get to read this. It's a book that a friend of mine who's a PhD owns, has read, and suggested I mention for the show this week. She provided me with the synopsis of the book, so I'm going to do her a solid and put it in here. And I do have to admit it sounds interesting, and you might find it interesting as well. Role-playing as a heritage practice, historical LARP, tabletop RPG, and reenactment was written by Mikhail Machaki and published by Routledge in 2021. Now, according to the sources I was able to tap into online, this is the first, and to this point only, book to examine physically performed reenactments, such as LARPs, from a combined game studies and heritage studies perspective. Dr. Machaki works from the contention that LARP, tabletop role-playing game, and hobbyist historical reenactments all share many features and therefore can be considered to be heritage practices and therefore a study of each of them can be valuable from a historical perspective. The reality of this book is that unless you're a serious academic, you're most likely not going to be overly interested. However, if the subject matter is interesting, or if you're willing to take a shot at it, you can grab a copy for about 40 bucks online at routledge.com. That's R-O-U-T-L-E-D-G-E dot com. All right, I got two more books on the list this week. Tabletop Role-Playing Games and the Experience of Imagined Worlds was written by Nicholas J. Miser, published by Palgrave Macmillan in 2019 and checking in at 187 pages. Miser's position was that thanks to the creation of D&D in 1974, we were no longer limited to reading books or watching movies for pastimes, though I'd argue he conveniently forgot about tabletop wargaming and such, but I digress. 
Miser spent four years interviewing players around the United States and recording games and worked on his theory that role-playing games use a combination of freeform imagination and tightly constrained rules to experience new realms. And basically, he notes that we as humans come together and collaboratively imagine the world around us through those realms. That's basically it. The book got an average rating of 2.83 out of 5 stars, and I couldn't find a single review for it online. I also couldn't find it for less than about 95 bucks online, so if you want it, you better really want it, or you better have one hell of a good used bookstore. Just saying. Tell you what, let's close this thing up with a bang. Monsters, Aliens, and Holes in the Ground, a guide to tabletop role-playing games from D&D to Mothership, it was written by Stu Horvath and published by the MIT Press on October 10th, 2023, and the release checks in at 456 pages. Look, I could go step by step and detail by detail here, but I'm going to tell you this. Stu goes decade by decade in this book and spells out how the industry has evolved over time, starting with the release of the original version of D&D in 1974. And yes, he covers over three hundred different tabletop role-playing games in the book so it's not just D&D getting love and just in case you think Stu's just some dude blowing smoke out of his ass Stu's got a podcast of his own the vintage RPG podcast and I can assure you that my man here puts a ton of research into his stuff on a weekly basis this book is chock full of details plus MIT press would not be wasting their time with him if they thought he was full of shit to me, it's one of those encyclopedia-type books you should have for your collection. And for those millennial types out there who don't know what the hell one of those are, it's Wikipedia in book form, damn it. <laughs> Let's toss in a review from Liz Danforth, who's a creative name I've mentioned on more than one occasion, and whose opinion I trust, trust me on this, quote, this comprehensively researched, lovingly written book accurately reflects the world I saw around me. The hobby as I lived, worked, and participated in for more than 45 years, end quote. Look, man, I don't think I can top that. One final thought on the subject matter for today. I noted here and there about books being in print. They're all still in print so far as I know, so I'd appreciate it if you check with your local bookstore, and by local, I mean your independent bookshop. They're the ones who need your support the most, and if I'm being honest, they're the ones who are the most likely to actually have these books. If they don't, they should be able to order them for you. I feel the same way about the independent bookstore as I do about your friendly local game shop, so let's keep them both in business. And as always, though, I get it if you don't have one close. In that case, there are online options, but I'm going to leave those for you to find because I'm not advertising for them since they're not paying me. <laughs> I mean, they make enough money on their own. Let them toss me a couple of bucks if they want to mention. Anyway, with that, we have come to the end of today's tour. Next week, we get back into a game deep dive as we check out RuneQuest. In the meantime, check out Bad GM's campaign build along. This week, we build the final campaign quest for season two, which means our group will finally bring the Brotherhood of Steel to justice. How are they going to do that? <laughs> check out the episode and find out. Bad GM's Campaign Build Along is available wherever you get your podcasts or on our website, badgmproductions.net. The theme music for role-playing history is Beyond New Horizons by Giole Fazeri. It's available at pixabay.com. 
Role Playing History is a production of Bad GM Productions. We've got a presence all over social media, so check out the info box for this episode or the website to see where you can follow us. Next week, we deep dive RuinQuest, and I've managed to dig up a lot of new information on this game that you are not going to want to miss. That's next week, though. Until then, I'm Wayne Davis, and you're Role Playing History.